and welcome to Best Laid Plans, the podcast where we discuss planning techniques, planners, and more. This is Sarah Hart Unger, your host, and this is episode number 16. I am so excited to bring this review episode to your ears this week. I saw this planner after a blog reader commented on my blog, bringing it to my attention. And I'm going to be honest, I get fairly frequent solicitations not necessarily planner companies offering to send me planners, but more people emailing me saying, hey, have you seen this one? Have you looked at this one? I love this one and here's why. And I love that, by the way. I read every single one. I usually respond. And if you've written to me, you'll often notice that I'll write back and ask, what do you love about that one? Because I'm always interested in what attracts different people to different planning systems. But anyway, this time I clicked on the link and was like, Like I literally kind of stopped time for a second, did a double take because this system was kind of like it existed maybe in my mind, but not in real life until now. And that is how excited I am to talk about it today. It brings some of my favorite elements of the Hobonichi, which you all know that I love and have used for many years and found relative planner peace in. I don't think absolute planner piece is ever possible, but relative planner piece is a thing. And yet this system promised almost everything that that had and maybe even a little bit more. So I'm going to delve into it. And I know this is not the planner for everyone. There are absolutely things about it that I could see might send you going in a different direction. But for those that are interested in a lot of planning space, a ton of flexibility, lots of pages and you really like to capture nitty gritty details in your life and want a lot of flexibility in order to do so, but also the structure you need to not have to draw your own layouts like a bullet journal, this might be the system for you. So without further ado, I'm going to go into the Wonderland 222 planning system and kind of give you guys a whole rundown on what that looks like by, as usual, having my book in front of me and flipping through it. The first thing I'm going to mention is that The cover is kind of like a soft touch, flexible paper that I don't know how incredibly durable it is. However, fun fact, it fits in a Hobonichi Cousin cover. And actually, I'm not even sure that the lovely owners of this company knew that because I asked the question and they said, well, you're going to have to give it a try and see. It absolutely fits in a Hobonichi Cousin cover. And so that's where mine is living right now. Oh, and I'm sorry. I should have disclosed at the beginning of this episode that this planner was actually sent to me for free by the owner, Lisa, of the company. And I'm very grateful for that. Most of the products I have reviewed previously, other than the Cultivate What Matters planner, which I believe I disclosed in the episode, most of the things that I've talked about, I've purchased myself. So I haven't had to give any kind of a disclaimer. This one, um, she did graciously send to me because I emailed her like hysterical with excitement (laughs) about her product. And I told her I had a planning podcast and was planning to review it. And she did offer to send it to me. So I just did want to get that out there. So the cover is kind of like a soft touch and flexible. And there are actually two books that make up the system, not just one. There is a planner component and there is a notebook component. And I'm going to speak about both of them. But I guess we will start with the planner. And I will tell you that right now I have them both nestled neatly into one of my older Hobonichi cousin covers because I don't want to break in the new one that I ordered until 2021. Especially since if I'm not going to change over my actual planner itself, which I might not because I seem to really love this system, then at least I want something fun to ring in the new year. So at least I'll change out into the new cover. Okay. 
So diving into the actual planner features themselves. The cover comes in three different colors. You can get pink, kind of salmon-y pink color, a teal color, and black. And it does have their logo, which is like a W with three twos. And it will say a planner on the planning part and a notebook on the notebook part. You do not have to buy both. The notebook is simply a notebook and it has 365 numbered pages with grid formatting. And I'll talk more about that in a moment. But the planner is a weekly, monthly planner with a lot of added features, which I'll go through in detail, that also has about 80 blank pages in the back so that you can basically keep what I typically used to call my accessory notebook embedded into your yearly planning book. So incredibly versatile in that way. Again, it's A5 size, and the grid markings appear to be exactly the same dimensions as Hobonichi grid markings. So they're fairly small. I have obviously never minded them, having used that system for years. And when I say the Hobonichi grid markings, I mean the Japanese version, because I believe that the American Techo, it only comes in Techo, not Techo Cousin, but the A6 Techo, the graph paper is slightly bigger to accommodate uh, the characters that make up the you know English language alphabet compared to the Japanese. However, these grids look exactly like those on my cousin. The second similarity is the paper. This is Tomo River paper. It says so on the Wonderland website. My gut feeling is that they source it from the exact same place that the Hobonichi planners get theirs because to me, it feels indistinguishable. There may be some paper aficionados that can see some subtle differences. To be honest, I thought I had hopes that maybe it would be slightly kind of drier, more like the Mio paper than it makes up the Jibun Techo, but no. It's just as smudgy and just as thin as the Hobonichi paper, which I think is absolutely fine. You just have to use the correct pen to not turn your pages into a mess. And similar to the Hobonichi, I have found that the Uniball Jetstream, no surprise given that I think the paper is about the same, works beautifully on this paper. Of course, I did do a full pen test as well, and I will get to that (laughs) at a later point. So we begin with a page that says key, and it's just a graph paper. I don't use a lot of symbols, so I will probably use that for something else to be determined. And then there are three pages for index, which I think are really important because in the back of this planner has about 80 blank pages, and you might want to know what page has your list of books and what page has your, you know, list of restaurants you want to try. So the index will definitely come in handy as I accumulate pages in that section. After that comes a yearly calendar page for the years of 2020, 2021, 2022 and 2023. I actually find this very useful and I love that they included 2020 because if I'm trying to figure out like when an event might take place, for example, like an annual conference that we had in 2020, like when it might be in 2021, I like being able to see the dates lined up. Or for example, I can look ahead to see in 2022, believe it or not, part of my job requires that I think that far in advance, like when our orientation dates would take place. So these are actually quite useful. Then comes a yearly page, and it goes from January to December in vertical columns with a graph paper section along the bottom. I have not decided how I'm going to use this page, but I think that I may use it as I used to use the yearly page in the Hobonichi as a family illness tracker, because sometimes I think it's just nice to be able to see a timeline of when my kid got their last cold and how long it's lasted and any other ailment or medical happening that happens in our family. So that's probably how I'm going to use it. But there are 9 million different ways you could use it. You could put people's birthdays in here. You could track the books that you're going to read and like see how many days it takes you to finish each book. You could do some kind of meal tracking situation. You could track the number of minutes of screen time you have so that you're going to like graph them at the end or something. So myriad uses for this yearly page. I really like it. And this is something that it looks 
laid out a little bit differently than the Hobonichi version. But for me, this is actually perhaps even more functional than that one, if I do say so myself. Then we have some additional pages, which are quarterly planning layouts. This is another set of pages that does not really have an equivalent within the Hobonichi system. And by the way, yes, that is the system I'm going to compare this planner to most because it really definitely speaks to the audience that loves that. It's kind of a maximal planner with lots and lots of pages and little tiny graph paper and lots of spaces to write. So that's not to say that lovers of other planners won't like it. But to me, that's like kind of the benchmark that it naturally feels like it needs to be compared to. So excuse me if I keep bringing up Honichi. But anyway, okay. So this next part is the quarterly planning page. And I really like how cute this is. It has on the left little miniature monthly calendars for January, February, and March. And then on the right, little blank spaces. My only beef is that I'm a weirdo who likes to plan kind of along with the school calendar. And I've been using quintiles. And this to me fits more with someone looking at quarters. But I might just have to bend my sensibilities and start thinking more about quarters. Or I could just demarcate on here when a quarter ends and kind of figure something out to delineate a quintile. In fact, that's probably what I'll do. And this would be a really great place where you could put different types of goals that you might have. You could put, I don't know, pages right in your book. You could track travel or really anything, big work projects. I think I'm going to use this for setting my quintile goals in some fashion um, and then tracking them in the little boxes to get the calendar spaces. The next page is the routine tracker, and this is a Gantt chart similar to that seen in the Jibun Techo, except this one has a lot more lines to it and also some blank space along the bottom. So you could actually track like up to 20 different things if you wanted to. I think I'm going to use it to track my kind of core habits along the top, but then I'm going to do something fun where I actually write down the names of books that I'm reading, and then I can fill along the days so you can see kind of how long it's taken to read each book, and then I'll have a record of the entire year what I've been reading. And what's the point of that? I don't know, but it makes me happy. I kind of track those things anyway on my blog, and you know, we manage what we measure. And I think by seeing my books all listed out and how long it takes me to read each of them, I'm less likely to get in a reading rut because I'll notice if I'm stuck 20 days on some novel that should have taken four and maybe I'll be quicker to abandon it. Okay, so there is the Gantt chart. And by the way, I mentioned that I started using this planner. That is because the weekly pages actually started on October 26th. This planner has monthly pages for November 2020 all the way through December 2021. However, the annual pages that I mentioned and the quarterly pages start with January. So this is for people who are into planners and can't wait to start using their system before the new year even begins. Hello, I'm like their target audience. And some of you probably are too. But just so you know, that's why like there's already a November page in here, even though this is really a 2021 planner. And I definitely appreciate that as someone that's always eager to get a jump on my next system. Okay, so then after the Gantt chart for each month, which again is labeled as a routine tracker slash project timeline, but for me, I'm going to use it for habits and most likely books, comes one notes page. And then something I really, really like is that each month contains an overview page at the beginning of the month and then a review page at the end of the month. And I think this is such a nice way to like lay out your goals and then deliberately look at the end of the month how you're doing meeting your goals. I think I'm going to use my review page mostly for looking at taking notes on financial things, like how things went over the month, but maybe some other kind of, I don't think we do enough celebrating of the goals that we do meet. So maybe kind of creating a list of things that did get done and that I'm happy about for each month will force me to pay attention to those things. Because to me, I'm always on to the next thing, but a review page is actually useful to help me to stop 
for a minute and think about, huh, wow, we did a lot in November. Or maybe we didn't and we had to figure out why. So the overview page is basically a blank grid paper page with little boxes along the side, which I think is perfect for dividing different subcategories of goals. And I already filled mine out for November. I divided things into highlights and goals and then put sections for fun, media, music, and books so far. Then come the monthly calendar pages. These, again, very similar to the Hobonichi monthly planning layout, except it's all in English, which is nice. And there are various holidays. There definitely looks like they are pretty much... American holidays. As I scroll through, let me see if they have like... Today's episode is sponsored in part by Factor. Factor is sponsoring this episode with an awesome discount code, PLANS50, to give you 50% off your first month and 20% off the next. Trying out our sponsors helps keep the show going, and I think this is a wonderful time to give it a try, given that it's always a busy season. Factor offers no prep and no mess meals that are tailored to your wellness goals. They offer multiple options from Protein Plus to plant-based to keto and many more. No matter what your health goals are, you can keep kitchen time to a minimum while enjoying healthy and delicious meals with premium ingredients with Factor. You can get started feeling great and fueling well now by giving them a try. Head to factormeals.com plans50 and use code plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code plans50, P-L-A-N-S 50, at factormeals.com slash plans50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. You are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes in part from Jenny Kane. I love Jenny Kane and I hope you love shopping there to support the show. When you do, visit jennykane.com and use code PLANS for 15% off your first order. Mother's Day is just around the corner, and this is the perfect gift to treat all the well-deserving moms, moms-to-be, and mother figures in your life. Jenny Kane is a California brand through and through, and their staples make getting dressed easier than it's ever been before. Think minimalist and effortless, yet totally refined. This season, I am so into the beautiful dresses that Jenny Kane has on offer. My personal pick and what I'm hoping to wear all season is the Callan dress. I have it in the khaki color and feel like I could literally wear it to anything. And the best part is it's perfect for warm weather, which we have plenty of, but you could also layer it in a chilly air-conditioned space. I also have my eye on the day dress. It's such a classic silhouette. One thing you might not know about Jenny Kane is that they also have an incredible rewards program where you can earn up to 10% back with every purchase and joining is completely free. Find your perfect Mother's Day gift or curate your new spring uniform at JennyKane.com. Our listeners get 15% off your first order when you use code PLANS, P-L-A-N-S, at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com, promo code PLANS. Get yourself and the women in your life the best gift of all, Jenny Kane. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Canadian or, you know, any other country in here, it looks like... November does not. It has American Election Day. We have New Year's Day. We have Christmas Day. Yeah, they're pretty minimal with their holidays. So you'd have to add your own. Like, I don't even see Hanukkah on here or anything like that. That doesn't really bother me. 
I always think it's kind of cool when planners are very, very inclusive of all different cultures. But if they're very minimal and include almost nothing, I think that's kind of okay too, because at least that way you're not excluding, you know, one category and including another. So they're fairly minimal with that. And I think that probably goes with the uncluttered vibe that this planner is definitely trying to achieve and succeeding, in my opinion. So there's the monthly pages. The weekends are shaded very subtly. So pet peeve, I don't like when things are overshaded and I feel like I'm writing over, I don't know, something that's like already grayed out. The shading here is very nice and light and subtle. So I don't feel weird, but it also sets the weekends apart in a nice way because in my mind, they are very much set apart because those days are so different from the rest of the week for many of us. So I think it's kind of nice to see them delineated in some way. Then come the weekly pages. I'm going to admit that I initially saw that there were six columns and that the weekend was split into one column. And I was a little bit like, "Ah," because I have always felt strongly that weekends like deserve enough attention. But I thought about it. And truthfully, if I'm going to have a whole day to plan in any way, it's very unlikely that I'm going to have enough events on a weekend day that are kind of time sensitive and need to be laid out in some sort of strategic manner that it's going to bother me. So I have come to embrace it. I also initially kind of worried about there being enough space for weekly lists because I, in the Hobonichi, I like to keep a really nice running list on the left side of the page. But I realized this is actually a very spacious layout and the hours end at 10 o'clock, which I personally really appreciate with because I'm always asleep after that point anyway. So it leaves you with these relatively large chunks along the bottom that can serve as to-do lists. And in fact, I put on the left my work to-do list and on the right my life to-do list. So these are not like little teeny tiny things that I have to do, but more just like the big things I want to finish in the week. I don't know, not like huge things either, not giant projects, but just like the important tasks that I definitely want to make sure I get to. For example, I have seven work tasks this week and seven home tasks on the list for this week. So that's quite symmetrical. There you go. Work-life balance. I also delineated a spot along the top to put my workouts. And then I was able to go and use the timeline to kind of block out my time, which I really, really missed when I was kind of playing with the Amplify Planner for a month. I love how the Hobonichi kind of naturally allows you to put your time into boxes that way. And this one definitely does as well. So I really find this a very functional layout. And even though I initially was sad that Saturday and Sunday did not get their own column, after using it, I'm quite happy with it. So I really, really like that. All right. So that goes all the way through the month. And then this is actually different than the Hobonichi. In the Hobonichi, you have all your monthly pages and then all your weekly pages and then all your daily pages. This one is actually your monthly and weeklies and your monthly preview and your monthly review are all embedded. And initially I found that a little harder because I like to use my monthly planning pages and be able to flip, but I solved the problem by adding dividers. So I got these very cute, and I'll have to link to them. I got them from JetPens. They're sticky. They're definitely Japanese. I do not know the brand offhand, but anyway, they'll be in the show notes. And I made a rainbow-colored little divider system so I can see where each month is. And I love how it looks, and it's incredibly functional. So if I need to turn to February, I know that, like, go to the orange tab, and I can see the monthly page view that way. So anyway, it is a different system, but it doesn't bother me too much. So then we get all the way through the weekly pages and then comes your monthly review, as I mentioned. And on the right-hand side of the page comes your overview of the next month. So you can think about what worked in your November and maybe what you've accomplished or how much money you saved or how many books you could read. And then use that to figure out what you're going to roll forward to December and what you're going to abandon and get rid of and start anew. So I think this is a very functional way of making sure that you are reviewing your goals every month, which for me is kind of part of my system. So this just fits so well. 
And that's pretty much the meat of this planner. It goes all the way through repeating monthly and weekly pages with those reviews and previews embedded in there all the way to page 213 of this book. And then pages 213 to 288, so it's actually 75 pages. And when I say pages, like, you know, it's going to be 30 sheets because that's counting front and back. And these are numbered of just notes paper. So this for me is like the perfect amount of paper to be that accessory notebook. Some people may choose to do daily planning on these pages, but then you're going to run out after about two months. Now, if you are like a diehard and you want to start November 1st and finish your system on December 31st of 2021, you could start your daily pages in this book and then just go to the next book. That didn't really make sense to me because I feel like there are probably going to be some days that just don't end up having a daily page. And also, let's face it, in 2021, November, I'm probably going to be excited to start the next planner or whatever. So... I don't really feel a miserly need to like save pages for later. So I decided this will be my accessory notebook types of pages where I'll keep all sorts of fun and informative lists, maybe take notes at some important meetings, etc. Although not like every meeting because I think I would run out of space for the year. And I use my papier journal for that right now anyway. So that is the planning portion. For those of you that have always wanted a cousin without the daily pages, this is for you and you wouldn't even need the notebook. I'm talking to you, Vicky, because you did used to say that you wanted a cousin without the planning pages, but I think you probably would prefer an A6. Sorry, that was a personal shout out to one of my planning muse best friends. And anyway, for those of you that like the Hobonichi, but do not like the bulk of having all the daily pages and don't need a daily planner or would prefer to use some kind of pad or tear off system, this is for you. It would also pair very nicely with like a bullet journal used for the daily pages. But if you're a purist and you want to use the entire system, then you would need to get the notebook as well. As I mentioned, putting them both into one A5 cousin cover is feasible. It does fill the cousin book up a little bit more than one cousin is, and I do worry that once things are kind of like pasted in and the paper gets a little crumply from use, as Hobonichi paper tends to do if you're really rough on it, it might swell a little bit and be a little tight, but I don't know. Right now it seems to fit just fine, and worst comes to worst, I can always pull one book out and just keep it I could use one of my other old covers and just have two. I don't know. But right now, they definitely both fit into one. Then comes the notebook. Again, the first page is the key, just like before, and then an index. And then it's just graph paper, except along the left-hand side of the graph paper are numbers 1 through 24. So I instantly was like, oh my gosh, it's a perfect little timeline. And that's what I've been using it for. So I can track using my little mild liner, you know, what I'm going to be doing when. This is perfect for time blocking or, you know, assigning certain tasks to different time frame. I find that this page really has space for everything I could need. I laid it out kind of similarly to the sections that I was using in the Amplify, which to be fair is what I was kind of doing in the bullet journal before that. And I'm going to kind of walk you through a page in case you're taking a walk and you, you can't pull up the images to just tell you what I have on my daily page. So at the very top of the page, there's a space for the date, and I fill in the date. It's on the left-hand side of the left page and the right-hand side of the right page, which is fine. And then I've been writing using like a more drawing type of a marker, a hand lettering pen, I guess you would say, the day of the week to make that stand out a little bit. And because I kind of like hand lettering first thing in the morning, it's a bit meditative. And then I'll write either whether it's a clinic day, a GME day, which means focused on my residency part of my job or a day off, like a day that I'm recording podcasts like today, or a day with the kids. So that'll just kind of like tell me what kind of a day is today. Then along the right, I write my little habit tracker graphics, similar to what I had in my bullet journal or the Amplify. And then I actually divide the page into columns a little bit because I want to set the timeline apart from all my little lists. So I draw a line approximately 10 boxes in, seems to be where it 
kind of fits. And then along the left side where the numbers are, I delineate any like hard landscape things, like whether I have specific meetings or if there's a block of time where I want, I know I want to get a certain thing done, I'll put check boxes on that block of time. And then I can just kind of see very easily at a glance where the gaps in my day are, you know, what's overlapping and what's tight, whether the day actually is feasible on paper. This is very helpful. Usually you can kind of already tell that from the weekly plan, but sometimes when the rubber meets the road and you're planning out the day, this, this helps you to be able to see where issues may pop up. Then along the right side of the page, I have a to-do list. I actually have that kind of into two columns at the top, little to-do list a little section for nutrition tracking, some media inputs. I really have gotten into tracking what I read and watch. It's sort of like, I don't know, I realize life is short and I want to be paying attention to the media that I choose to consume. And especially ever since I've kind of given up a lot of my screen time, I want to make sure that I am reading good things and good articles and listening to good things. So I I have a section where I track that. I have a little section where I track gratitude. I have an Operation 100 tracker where I write every time that I check my email or my blog comments, like the things that tend to be very addicting. I'm tracking every instance of going to those things, which actually prevents me from going to them very often, funny enough. And then finally, I have little details on my workout. And that still leaves time to leave random impromptu notes about things like things the kids did, things that were good, things that were bad. I got some really happy news about work today. And I put that on there with a little sticker. So I love these daily pages. I actually like them more than the Hobonishi daily pages, which I didn't think that I would at first, mostly because there's something about the positioning of the timeline and the spaces of the lines on it, because there is a middle of the page line that's slightly darker, that to me just gives the page such a nice balance. These really, really work for me. Now, disclaimer, I've only used them for like a week, but I can already tell that the layout kind of suits everything I need, mostly because it is similar to the Hobonichi that I used for so long. And I will definitely show pictures of how I'm using that, because to me, that's the kind of meat and potatoes of the system. And I'm sure there are other wonderful grid paper notebooks that work, but I really, really like the functionality and the cleanness of this page, as well as the timeline that goes from the top to bottom on the right. And then there's 365 pages, and I started using it on October 26th, so I guess I'll be done with it on October 25th, 2021, but that's okay. I'm sure that I will either skip some days, try something new for a little bit, or be eager to jump into my next Wonderland 222 next fall. So that's pretty much it. The paper, as I mentioned, I did do an extensive pen test as soon as I got it. It's got the same smudginess as Hobonichi. So that means it is fairly kind of smudgy if you're using a gel pen or an ink pen. If you are determined to use an ink pen, I do feel like the Uni Pin Pen in 0.1 is a good choice. It does dry quite quickly. If you love gel pens and can't stand smudging, the Zebra Sarasa Dry is worth a shot. But by dry, they don't mean like super dry. They just mean like less not dry than some other gel pens, which are really, really smudgy. So do a little test, buyer beware. This is very similar to Hobonichi paper, which means there's also some show through. It's not bleed through. It's more just like ghosting. And you have to get used to kind of drawing on pages where you can kind of like feel and see the ghost of the image on the back. However, what there really isn't is bleed through to an amazing extent, even with brush pens and even with the clean color dot pens that I decided to try because I've been seeing them everywhere. They're super, super juicy pens and they would smudge like crazy. I was actually shocked to see that they did not have any bleed through on this paper when I really thought that they would. So by the way, the fact that there's a pen test in the back of my daily pages means I guess I'll I'll be done with this planner on October 23rd or something, but that's okay. 
The mild liners show up looking kind of muted, just like they do in the Hoonichi. The jet stream works beautifully. So does the Uni Acroball. Yeah. So basically, anything you're happy using on Hoonichi Tomo River paper, you're probably going to have a similar experience on this paper. And if you've never used this kind of paper before because you were intimidated by the, you know, Japanese, be prepared. It is very, very, very thin. And again, it's strong. It doesn't bleed through, but there's going to be some show through that you kind of have to get used to. It's also cream colored. It is not bright white, which does not bother me in the least, but I know it does bother some people. If you can sense the enthusiasm in this review, it is fully real. I love this planner. I actually feel kind of bad because my daughter was very excited that we were going to have the same planner to use this year. And now I think I'm going to use this and she's going to use her cousin. And I really don't want to hurt her in that way. So if it really, 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 really bothers her, maybe I'll have to switch back at least for some period of time. However, what I really would like to do is to use this planner and I'm going to enjoy using it the next two months because I have November and December to kind of make my final decision. And I highly encourage you to check it out. It is a very small business. Again, the owner is so nice. She was so excited to hear about my enthusiasm that I was just, I don't know, so impressive to be talking with her. Her name is Lisa Roberts with two eyes. And maybe I will have to have her on this show at some point so she can share a little bit about the inception of this planner and where it came from. And she is a graphic designer, I think, by trade initially. So that kind of fits with how beautifully it is laid out and realized. So that's it. That is enough. I just spoke for 28 minutes on one planner without any visuals. I hope it wasn't too boring. I hope you've already gone to the website. I would not be surprised if some of you have already clicked purchase. I do not get any, I did get this planner for free, but I'm not an affiliate of any kind. So I do not get anything if you buy it, but you'll have to let me know if you love it because I think it's awesome. Thank you so much for listening. And we will be back next week probably some more planner reviews coming up. And I have some really, really, really exciting guests on the pipeline that I've been waiting for for a while. So stay tuned. Keep listening. Please tell your friends. I've been really appreciating the reviews and I'm seeing that we're having a little bit more people finding us, which is fantastic. So thank you. As always, you can find all of the show notes. Go to theshoebox.com, T-H-E-S-H-U-B-O-X.com. And then you'll see an icon for best lead plans, the podcast. It's like a little piece of paper and a pen. Click on that. And then there's a list of all the episodes with links to show notes so that you can kind of get more information and actually get some visuals to go with what I'm talking about. I also post weekly on Instagram when the episodes come out. Shoebox underscore plans is the handle. And then my regular Insta is the underscore shoebox. So thank you so much for listening. And I will be back next week with more planning fun. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.